This is the Employment Hour with Lior Samfuru and John Scholes on Talk Radio, AM 640 and HD Radio. 7.05 on your Monday night. Yes, it is a Monday. We are doing this Mondays and Wednesday evenings now along with the weekend shows. Employment Hour right here, Talk Radio, AM 640. Lines are wide open, 416-870-6400, star 640 and so. Always taking your uh, your issues, your severance questions, your employment questions. You've been laid off. You've been let go. you got a package in front of you. Maybe you uh, just have general questions about employment. Bring them on. Ready to answer. Lior will be. Uh, you want to get a hold of us anytime throughout the show, you can do that. Or Laura, Lior's number, 1-855-821-5900. We always start, brother, with the week that was. That's right, Johnny, and it's certainly a busy week uh, it was, and obviously we're here now on Mondays talking about employment law, workplace rights, here to answer questions. You know, I do this every day, all day in my office. I, I answer questions. I talk to people. So I thought, why why not do the same thing here on air uh, to help people understand what their legal rights are if they're stuck, if they're in a bind, if they lost their job, they're worried about supporting their family. Give us a call. Let's talk about it. Let's be informed about our legal rights and entitlements. And as you said, the week there was a couple of situations that I dealt with uh, over the past few days or so. Uh, the first one, actually, uh, a situation that comes up quite often, came certainly has come up before on the show, where the uh, the company in this question had closed down its doors and completely shut down its operations. It had about uh, 12 or 13 or so employees, and all these employees were let go, and none of them were paid a dime by way of severance. The company said, sorry, businesses." So they literally had one week's notice of the company shutting its door, and none of them thought that they had any entitlements in this situation. They figured, well, the company's gone, it's gone, so what, what can we do? Well, I had one person of these uh, 12 or 13 people call me, and what I told him is what I've told the listeners before. If you've listened to the show before on Wednesdays or weekends, you've heard me say this, is just because a company shut down its doors, it doesn't change its legal obligations. And the question is always whether or not the company has money to pay what they owe you. When a company closes its doors, it still has money. It still has accounts receivables, money coming in. It still potentially owns assets or property. So there is money there. Bankruptcy is a very different situation. But in this case, there was no bankruptcy. The company simply shut down its door. So what happened this week? This week, I resolved this matter for this guy that worked for the company for eight years on the basis of nine months' pay. And now remember, he got nothing. Now, I haven't yet received any calls from the other 11 or 12 people that work for the company. Hopefully, I will. I'll love to help them. But the lesson here is very important. If you lose your job, the company shut down its doors. It doesn't change. certainly doesn't change necessarily what you're owed by the company. You should always pursue your legal rights. Now, if the company is formal bankruptcy, that's different. Anything short of a bankruptcy, if you lost your job, you have to get paid your full severance. Get a, uh, again, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We'll get the call here in just a minute. Give me the, uh, the second one you got for a week that was, my brother. Yeah, the second, Johnny, uh, involved a, a lady that was on a, on a mat leave. And what happened for her, shortly after she started the mat leave, she got good news, we're promoting you. So once you come back, uh, you know, 10, 11 months from now, we're going to promote you. We're going to give you a raise, significant raise. Nice. She was very happy. Okay, so fast forward six months later, she's still on mat leave. She's still a couple of months away or so from coming back. She gets the news, unfortunately, we're not going to have a job for you. We're going to terminate your employment. Uh, and in doing that, the company offered her severance, but of course they offered her severance based on the salary she had previously, not the new salary she was supposed to have. 
Well, that was wrong, John, because what happens is if you've been promoted, you have a new job, you've accepted it, that should be the compensation that's used to calculate your severance. That's number one. Number two, of course, is they shouldn't have decided two months before she was coming back that they didn't have a job for her. In fact, they should have waited and determined once she's able to come back whether they have a job. Because remember, there is a strict legal duty to take back an employee from maternity leave uh, after they're ready to come back from work. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. First call uh, this evening, uh, Evelyn from Toronto. Welcome. How are you? Hi, how are you guys doing? Great. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. I do. Um, I was off work. I had knee replacement, and I've recently gone back on a gradual return, and I've noticed that they've taken all my holidays away. <clears throat> Can they do that? So by holidays, you mean your, your vacation days that you had? Yeah. No, they cannot take your vacation days uh, away from you. Did you talk to them about that? Did they no, give you a reason? No, I haven't because I wanted to talk to you first so that I knew where I stood. So depending on what they say, I have a comeback, right? Smart. Yeah. As no, I'm they not cannot sure take any. Say, right? As to why they did well, it. Well, they cannot take I... any accrued vacation days from you. Uh, that it would be inconceivable in this situation. So I think you should approach them. Hopefully, it's only in a, some sort of an administrative error or something else. Right. If they, there's pushback on that. Give me a call. I may be able to send them a letter, give them a bit of a, a kick in the pants, so to speak, as I like to say. Uh, yeah. uh, no, they cannot take your, your vacation days okay. away simply because you're off on a, on a disability leave. Okay. Now, what if the disability leave started in November of last year and I had already used all my holidays from last year and it continued into this year? The leave. So they cannot take anything that you've accrued. So if you had – as of when you went on a disability leave – if you had any outstanding holidays, any outstanding vacation days, they cannot take those. Now, you don't continue to accrue vacation days while you're away because you're not earning income from the company. Right. But anything that you had as of the day you went on disability is yours. They cannot take that away. If you didn't have anything on that day because you had used it all up, right. well, there's nothing to take away from you. Okay, yeah. No, I didn't because when I left, it said I had 13 days and I had used four. And now that I'm back, it says I have zero. You should still have nine. No, right? that's wrong. Yeah, you should have nine exactly, John. Here, the math whiz. Yeah. Uh, you, you should. You should of of course have another nine left. And if they won't give you that, talk to them. Give me a call. Maybe I can give them a kick in the pants. Now that's wrong. Right over the phones we go, Ralph. Thanks for hanging in there, fella. What is your concern and what's your question for Lior? Uh, hi. Uh, good evening. My myself and about thirteen other people worked for a company. It was a food store. And after about a year, uh, things started to go sour. Uh, he gave us all a personal guarantee because we did know him from the past that he would take good care of us. He finally closed his doors. We all went to the Labor Relations Board. Uh, we, we were issued an order that he had to pay us, and he's finding every every avenue to avoid paying us. Can anything be done about that? And, and this is extremely frustrating, uh, Ralph. Thank you very, very much for your call because I think what I'm about to say there is going to be extremely important to you and, and for many of our listeners. That unfortunately, you did what a lot of people do here, and, and that was, uh, again, unfortunately a mistake, and that is you went to the Labor Board. And the reason why that's unfortunate is, number one, the Labor Board can only – 
get, give you an order, as you say, for a small fraction of what you're actually owed. Uh, so if, if they ordered that he pay you, I'm just going to use a number, uh, six weeks pay, the real number should have probably been eight or nine months pay. Uh, unfortunately, as we've said on the show before, the Ministry of Labor can only recover a small fr- uh, fraction of your compensation. So that's issue number one. Issue number two, this order by the, by the Labor Board has actually no teeth. They have a very limited ability to enforce it. Uh, unlike an order that we can get through the legal system, through the court system, that we can enforce over assets and any other uh, uh, in any other way as well. So, as a practical matter here, other than continuing to work through the labor board to to pursue those entitlements, there's not much you can do. That the lesson here, always, 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 John, Ralph, all of our listeners, is if you lost your job, if this is a question of how much compensation you owed as a result of losing your job. You cannot go to the labor board. You cannot go to the Ministry of Labor because you're giving up your entitlements in that mm-hmm. situation. The Ministry of Labor, the labor board can only help you get a small fraction of what you owed. And as a result of that, by filing that complaint, now you're stuck in that process. You can't get out of it. And you also can't really get your full entitlements. That is frustrating. So hopefully our listeners now know better. You can't do that. Give me a call if you lost your job. That's what you have to do. First thing, obviously, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Missy and Mississauga, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? No problem. I'm, I'm great, and Lior's fine. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. I do. Um, so I'm working with somebody that was let go from her job. She was, pre- she, she was pregnant. Her boss knew that she was pregnant at the time, and she had just gone to the doctor and gotten a note that said she um, needed to be off for a period of time. But instead of taking the note that she could be off for a period of time, they called her in and gave her severance. Yep. And, and uh, when did this happen? How long ago? Uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Hmm. Okay. So obviously there, there are several issues here. The first one, of course, is why they let her go. If letting her go has anything to do with her pregnancy or the fact that she was going to be off work, that's illegal. That's a human rights issue irrespective of the amount of severance. So that's the number one thing I would want to know is, is this legitimate? Maybe the, the department she was working at, at shut down and everyone was let go that may make it a legitimate termination. If it's anything other than that, it probably is tied or related to her pregnancy, which means it's, it's illegal. The second right. issue, of course, is uh, irrespective of the legality of the termination, is was she provided or offered proper severance? Now, how long was she there for? Uh, she'd been there for uh, like two or three years. Um, but her big concern yep. is that... She'd been there for two or three years, but her big concern is that nobody's going to hire her when she's three months pregnant to work till she's, she's nine months pregnant. Wait, exactly, which is why severance is important, because if she's owed six months severance, so that could actually care her until she's, she has her baby. So two to three years, what kind of job was she doing, just generally? She was like a, a, a teller at a bank. Okay, a teller uh, at a bank, uh, obviously uh, a younger person because she, she's having a, a baby. So she's probably owed right around four months' compensation. The fact she's pregnant actually could increase into the five or six months because for the reason you've just said, because no one's probably going to hire her in this situation. So she's owed likely anywhere from four to as much as six months' compensation. What were they offered? Uh, what, what was she offered? I, I didn't see her package. I just know it wasn't very much, and she was quite upset about it. So, Missy, I mean, I, I don't know what your connection with her is, but I, I would certainly suggest that if you have contact with her, you ask her to reach out to me and, and give me a call because not only could potentially, well, she's owed four to six months severance, there's also a human rights aspect which may entitle her to additional compensation. 
uh, and there's potentially a way to structure it so that if and when she does have the baby, she could actually go on EI at that point. So there's a lot of things to discuss here. So I would definitely encourage her to give me a call as soon as possible. And Miss, this is definitely one she doesn't want to wait on. Missy, that number, uh, 1-855-821-5900. We'll get to uh, one more before we go to break here. Got uh, Chris in Toronto. Chris, I'm going to squeeze you in. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Excellent. Go ahead. Got a couple quick questions now. My wife works for a little shop, and basically she hasn't had a raise over 10 years. She's been with that shop for over 22 years. And my question is, when can they do that? And the second one is, when she's not busy... When they're not busy, they just send her home. Is that legal as well? Okay, good, uh, good questions. First of all, with respect to the raise, there's no legal obligation on an employer to provide a raise as long as the employee makes more than minimum wage, unless, of course, there's a written agreement that says we'll give you a raise. If there's no written agreement, then they don't have to uh, uh, provide uh, a raise. So unfair and probably bad practice, but no, not illegal to, to deny a raise or not to provide one. Now, with respect to sending her home, as long as she works at least, uh, if she works shift work and, and it's not regular hours, then as long as she works at least three hours, they can do that. They have to pay her for a minimum of three hours. On the other hand, if she if she works regular nine to five, uh, she, it's not shift work. They just send her home and don't pay her. That they cannot do, and that's something she should do should deal with right away. Because if she doesn't, then she lets them do that. They're gonna they, it's gonna become a term of employment. They're gonna gain the right to do it again. So if, if she doesn't work shift work, have her call me. If she just works shift work, sometimes it's 3, sometimes it's 6, sometimes they send her home early, they could do that as, li- as long as they pay her for a minimum of 3 hours. No, she works for like a hair replacement shop, so if there's no clients next day for her to do, they'll just tell her don't come in, and then they'll move her clients around so she can uh, have days where she's full, 12 hours, and other days where she only has no clients at all. So she works about 4 days a week, sometimes down to 3 when... It really makes us upset where she should be working five days a week. Now, if that's something that they've always done, they've always kind of played around that way with the schedule, there's not much that we can do about it. If they've just now started playing around with the schedule, and up until now it was regular, now they've they've started switching things around, like you've said, then that could be a constructive dismissal, which means she's, they're not allowed to do that. So depending on whether this is recent or this has been going on all along, she she would consider giving me a call so we can discuss this and do something about it. That number, one 821 5900 That's Lior's number, by the way. You want to get a hold of him. In the meantime, lines are open. You want to give us a call. i got a remainder of the hour till 8 o'clock to so give us a call here on the Monday night show. We're back here Mondays and Wednesdays. Get into our topic for the night, and that is top situations we are probably over much more severance than you realize. I'll start throwing them at you, and you can uh, lob them back over. First one, short service employees. We already talked to a couple tonight. That's right, and, and you know we're going to go through now, starting with the short service employees, the, the top situation that you owe more, more severance than you realize. But before we do that, John, I, I should make it clear that in pretty much every situation, <laughs> yeah. you're owed more severance than you realize. And, and how many times have we seen that over the years here on the show? Uh, and, and the reason for that is there's so many misconceptions out there. People think if they lost their job, they're only owed a week's pay for every year or two weeks' pay or anything like that. And that's wrong. That's not the case. Most people are owed a heck of a lot more than what they realize. And uh, so you lost your job, irrespective of whether or not you fall into some of these categories we're going to talk about, you need to get advice because you're probably owed a lot more than than you think. But as you said, one of the the main uh, categories of people that are owed a lot more severance than than you realize is short service employees. People think that just because someone has worked for a company for a short period of time, they're not entitled to a lot of severance. Well, often the opposite is actually true. Short-service employees are treated disproportionately better than long-service employees. 
So you may have employees that have worked for a company for only a few months, and those people are owed several months' pay. It's very common to see someone that's worked for a company for six months, and depending on their age and position, they may be owed six months' pay. Sometimes you have someone that's worked for a company for four months, and that person is owed six months' severance. So it's very, very important. Usually employees in their first five years of employment are treated disproportionately better than longer service employees. Just because you work somewhere for a short period of time doesn't mean you're going to take less time to find another job. So remember, short service doesn't mean little severance. The opposite is true. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Olivia in Toronto, good evening. Hi. Uh, I just had, actually had a question uh, for somebody else. Uh, they've been working for a company for 28 years now. They're allotted three weeks of vacation per year, haven't taken any yet, um, have actually booked flights uh, to Europe to visit uh, their elderly parents. And um, the employer has actually threatened um, the position uh, saying that if they go, you know, there's going to be consequences, even though they had discussed this person being able to take vacation. Is that actually allowed? Like, can an employer actually do that? So, Olivia, so, so I'm clear. The employer had already approved the vacation before they changed their mind? They had discussed it, yes. And then when um, this person actually said, well, we're, this is, these are the dates that we're leaving, he said, well, that's very irresponsible. I guess he didn't think that you know, this person was being serious. Um, and then when they discussed it again today, he said that you can still go, but there will be consequences to you leaving. Okay. Well, the, the key here always in, in the, when we're talking about vacation is whether, in fact, the employer had said, yes, that's fine, whether the employer has approved it. If the employer right. has approved the vacation and then in reliance on that, you go and you make plans, you buy your tickets and you go on vacation, right. the employer can't then come back and say, well, now I'm going to penalize you for doing this. You've relied on it. You followed the protocol. On the other hand, if you've decided you're going to take a vacation on a certain date, the employer hasn't approved it, well, it, that's not how it works. And there could be repercussions for taking a vacation that wasn't approved by, by the employer, by the boss. So if in this situation your friend's uh, vacation was approved, they cannot, they cannot be penalized for it. Now, could they potentially lose their job? Yes, potentially, except that would be a termination without cause. And I think you said 28 years of service your friend would yeah. easily be owed two years' pay. So, yes, they could be let go, but only with two years' pay. So not without compensation. They can't be demoted. They can't be uh, dinged on their paycheck mm -hmm. because of that uh, as long as they got it approved. And if any of those things happen to your friend, uh, your friend has to give me a call. Okay. Thank you so much. No problem, Olivia. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and Jack up in Vaughn. Good evening, Jack. Hi, good evening. Uh, my question is uh, regarding uh, lump sum payouts versus uh, month or uh, weekly payouts for severance. And how would that work with EI? Like, for example, uh, should I lose my job, I take a lump sum payout of about equivalent to a year and a half, two years. How would that affect EI in terms of when I would be eligible to apply? Should I not find employment? Yeah, excellent question. And the, and the reality is, irrespective of whether you get paid as a lump sum payment or over time, it's going to impact EI in the same way. So if you take a lump sum payment worth a year's pay, just as an example, that means that for a year, EI is not going to pay you because you already have compensation. The fact that you would receive the money a year ago doesn't change the fact that you were paid for a year. So whether you have a year's 
uh, salary or, or a year's lump sum payment. It's going to impact EI the same way. That money gets reported to EI. EI does its own calculations, and they know, okay, so you received a payment of $65,000. Given your salary, that's a year's pay. So we're not going to pay you for a year. And then after a year is up, if you're still unemployed and qualify otherwise for EI, EI can start paying you. Now, you should apply for EI right away. As soon as you lost your job, you just won't get paid until the money, quote-unquote, runs out. Well, does that I, make sense? It does, but it actually leads me to another question. I know everyone's needs can be different, but in a general capacity, if the, uh, if the lump sum payment is the same as spread out into X amount of weeks, What's usually advantageous and why? Well, it doesn't change anything from uh, an EI standpoint, really. There may be tax consequences as to why you may want to take payment over time versus a lump sum payment. In some situations, a lump sum payment may be better if you can put some, some of it into an RRSP. So, uh, but from EI, EI is going to simply look at the dollar amount that you're going to get paid and do calculations on that basis. Uh, of course, the key here always, always is if you lost your job, you want to make sure that payment is adequate. So if you've been offered a year's pay, even a year's and a half's pay, that may or may not be adequate. So you can give me a call. You can go to severancepaycalculator.com, find out how much you're owed. And once we know that you're getting the right amount, then we can talk about how to best structure it. Sometimes it's also a good idea to get some tax advice uh, to know how to best shelter the money. i got uh, Steve here on the 401. How are you, Steve? Fantastic. Good. What's happening? Um, my wife, uh, we ended up uh, getting pregnant, and then uh, there was talk of her uh, work relocating from Mississauga to Markham. And... Uh, they sent out a, a letter well, amongst the employees for them to sign either they want to be transferred or they want a package. And then behind the scenes, they started saying if they don't relocate, they're going to get squat. So and anyway, she had complications and stuff. So now she's doing October and three weeks. I'm just wondering because they're talking about they used to pay out two weeks per year for severance. Now they're saying they're only paying out one week. Is this considered constructive? Um, dismissal or if she goes on Steve, wh where do uh, you and your wife live? Brampton. Okay, so, so obviously uh, Mississauga is a far more convenient than Markham would be. About an hour and 15 minutes longer drive. Yeah, so that is clearly going to be a constructive dismissal and uh, if and when she's relocated or told your options are to relocate or nothing else, yeah, that's a constructive dismissal, no question, and she's owed severance. But here's the, the important part, Steve. It's not a week's pay. It's not even two weeks' pay. It doesn't matter what they pay or what they want to pay or even what they think they should pay. The law takes care of that. The law dictates and decides what she's owed. So let me tell you what she's owed. So how long has she been there? Uh, 13, 14 years, I believe. Close to 14 years, and what kind of job? What does she do, your wife? Um, she's uh, customer service on the telephone all day and computer. Okay, and how old is she? And you better know the answer to this. <laughs> uh, she's uh, 44, going to be 45 in November. So she would easily be owed a year's pay, okay? Easily owed a year's pay here, uh, Steve. So it's, so it's closer to about a month per year that, in her case, she gets. It's not a week or two weeks. So if this happens, the relocation, and uh, there's no other option for her, they, she's owed a year's pay. If they offer anything less than that, or obviously nothing, she needs to give me a call. Now, when is this relocation actually happening? Um, they're uh, suspected to close the doors around February. 
So while she's going to be on mad leave. Yes. So the time to deal with that is when she's ready to return from mad leave. So when she's ready to, because, you know, who knows what's going to happen between now and when she's able to return. Maybe they've opened another Mississauga office. I mean, I, maybe that's not likely, but it could happen. So when she's ready to come back to work, she contacts them and she says, I'm ready to come back to work. What are my options? And they say your option is to come here to, uh, uh, to Markham. She doesn't have to. She could treat that as a constructive dismissal, and I can make sure that she gets her full severance. Given the fact that it's going to happen only for a few months, she can go on mat leave now just as she planned in October, and when she's ready to return, whether that's a year later or any time in between, she can give me a call if, if they have to. Uh, if they tell her she's going to be relocating. Okay, perfect. All right, and the, and the time she's off also accumulates more time under how long she's yeah, been employed, so by then, right? If she's going to be off for a year, then now she's a 15-year right. employee. So that could mean another extra month potentially of severance for her. So that's a very good point, and, and definitely she should give me a call when that happens. Johnny's learning. Johnny's learning on this show all the there's, time, pal. There's still hope for you, John. <laughs> I know, right? In the meantime, the number to get a hold of Lior is 1-855-821-5900. That's the number, Steve, 1-855-821-5900. Lines are open here on the show. We'll get to a couple more of your calls as we continue the employment hour. Right here on Talk Radio AM 640. Go to the phones again. Uh, Chuck, thanks for uh, for hanging on. Uh, you have a concern? Go ahead. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, pal. I have a good friend of mine. He uh, works for this uh, company, and every once in a while he gets laid off. Well, not laid off. The boss tells him, you know, uh, take the day off, take the day off, and it ends up being like weeks at a time. He says, uh, I'll call you in the morning, and every time, sometimes he takes his call, sometimes he doesn't, and then he tells him that, uh, oh, I don't have any work today. Oh, I don't have any work today. Call you tomorrow. Email you tomorrow. Text you tomorrow. And he, he constantly does this and keeps the poor dude away for like about three weeks and it doesn't pay him. And then I asked him, how about the other guys? Are they working? He said, yeah, the rest of the guys are working. And then he'll take them back and let them work. And the guy's been there for about three, four years. Doesn't sound and, right. And, and, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I know. It, it, it doesn't sound right, but but yeah. there's the problem. The problem is he's been there for three, four years, and I right. think from your question, this has been going on for a while. Is that right to say? Uh, it's not always. He'll go like he'll be working months at a time, and then all of a sudden, he just decides to uh, tell the guy to uh, you know have a couple of days off, and a couple of days turns into weeks. Yeah, and and the problem, Chuck, is that an employer doesn't have a right to do that unless. They've done it, and the employee, quote-unquote, let them do it and let them get away with it. If right. This so, is now the, something the employer started doing it. He can say, no, right. I'm not going to do it. And if you're going to do it, employer, I'm going to treat that as a constructive dismissal, get my right. full severance from you, and move on. If okay. this has not been happening, let's say he's done it several times over the past year or a few years, yeah. then it almost becomes a term of employment now. Now it's something that your friend is, is unhappy, of course, as he is about this. He's accepted it. So he's given them the right to do it again and again. And that's what the frustrating part about it is. You know, you, you only have essentially one kick at the can. If this, these things happen to you where your employer is changing your hours, laying you off, reducing your compensation, you have to deal with it right away. So it sounds like it in your, in your friend's uh, situation, Chuck, that he may not have that window open anymore because this has been going on for a while. So I think the best advice is to tell his employer that, no, he doesn't want to be laid off anymore. Make it very clear okay. that he wants to continue working. And hopefully right, he right. and his employer can, can work out an arrangement where that doesn't happen anymore. But unless now he's going to be gone for a long period of time, much more than before, 
there's probably not going to be much that he can do about it. Uh, so uh, it's very important for him and for everyone to keep in mind. Don't let your employer get away with something that they shouldn't be getting away with because by letting them get away with it, you've given them now the right, arguably, to do it again and again and again, and that could be a huge problem. Call that like it's an implied term of, con- of, the, of the employment now, right? You are listening, John. That's See, I, unbelievable. I, you know, I don't just chew gum. I sit and listen to you. You're not just a pretty face. I'm preaching the gospel, it. man. Here we go. <laughs> you are, uh, no, but but that's absolutely true, yeah. John. That's a becomes an implied term of employment. Once your employer has done this and you let them do it, as unhappy as you were about it, don't let that happen. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell lines are open. We were talking about before we took a string of calls. There, the top situations where you're probably owed. Uh, more severance than you realize. That's generally all of them, but we're putting a finer point on it here. Uh, cr- recruited from another job. We get calls for that all the time, right? We do. And, and you know, let me kind of paint the scenario uh, where, where this applies. So you're working somewhere, a secure job. You've been there for a while, not, look, not really looking to leave, not shopping out your resume, but you get approached either by, by a headhunter or a new company. And eventually, through you know, big, grandiose promises, they've convinced you to leave and join the new company. Okay, you've joined the new company, high hopes, except things don't work out and you're let go after you know, a while, a few months, even a couple of years. Well, what happens then? Because you were recruited away from another job and you weren't looking to leave, you actually should be getting enhanced severance. You should be getting severance that accounts for the time you spent with the previous company. So that could mean that you may have only worked for the new company for a year, but because you've worked for the other company for 10 years, now you should be getting severance as if you're an 11-year employee. So that's very important if you're recruited from another job. And by the way, if you are recruited from another job and you're going to be accepting a job with a new company, never, ever sign an employment agreement without getting legal advice. You don't want to preemptively give up your legal rights when you're leaving a secure job. So remember that if you're recruited from another job, get some advice, and also remember, if you do lose that job, you're entitled to enhanced severance. It's an inducement. That's what they call that in the employment world. You're, you're on fire today, I am John. like an incarnate. Oh, no, that's a bad reference. James aren't doing too well. I'm someone who hits <laughs> home runs. Okay, we'll go there. That's right. How about, someone good. How about gaps in service? How about that? How does that work out? Yeah, and, and oftentimes people think that if there's a gap in service, it's only the last stretch that counts towards uh, your seniority when, you, when it comes to severance. Oftentimes that's not the case. Many times when there's gaps in service, we can disregard the gaps depending on how long the gaps were, what the total length of employment is. So if you work for a company for five years, you're gone for a year, and then you come back, you work another 15, well, that one-year gap may actually be disregarded because you've worked there for such a long period of time. So and oftentimes what I see is uh, people that have worked for a company in several stretches and they lose their job and they think, well, the last stretch was only a year, so I should only get severance as a one-year employee, where in fact they should be getting severance as a 15-year employee. So if there's gaps in employment, you often are entitled to more severance to account for the entire time that you've spent uh, with the company, not just the last stretch. Get to these right away. Bounce over to the phones. Uh, Mark in Thornhill, thanks for hanging in. Mark, what's up? No problem. I have a question for Lior regarding uh, non-compete. I'm a sales rep and I've been with the company for about two years. Now, all the customers that I've signed are new customers that uh, I found and brought to the company. And if I go work for a competitor, um, even though it says that uh, according to my uh, uh, contract that I signed that uh, uh, I can't uh, take any cut or Mm -hmm. solicit any customers for 12 months, is it enforceable? 
repeat, it's a non-solicitation obligation. Usually those are enforceable, something that says you can't solicit clients. Remember, though, Mark, solicitation comes down to who made the first move. So if you go work somewhere else and the, cu the customers find out about that and they say, hey, we want to work with Mark, and they come to you, that's not solicitation. You didn't solicit them. So, yes, so non-solicitation generally is enforceable. 12 months is generally considered to be a reasonable amount of time. Uh, if you're going to leave and you're going to be soliciting, it may be something we want to discuss with your employer in advance, maybe decide on what clients, is, clients you are able to solicit and what not so that you avoid legal action down the road. But, yes, generally speaking, it would be enforceable. Nick, you got the uh, last call of the night. What's up? Hi, Nick. Hi there. Good. What's your question, Nick, quick? Um, actually, it's a two-pronged question. The first question is, um, if you've been employed with a company and all of a sudden the HR policy is starting to change and they've come to you and asked you to sign specific documentation, are you required to do so? Well, first of all, you're not required to ever sign a document that changes the terms of your employment. Now, without me seeing the document, I can't say whether you should or should not or whether you should care or you should not. But generally speaking, when an employer wants you to sign a document after you've already started working, while you're still employed, that's usually bad news. It's rare that that's going to be to your benefit. So best advice, let me see what they want you to sign before I can tell you. But usually that's not a good idea, and you certainly don't have to. Let's get to this as we wrap, my friend. Uh, we get out of here for another evening back on Wednesday. Tell me a little bit about the severance pay calculator as we close. That's right. Thank you, John. And right before we wrap up, if you lost your job, we've talked already to a few people today who lost their jobs. You need to know how much you're owed. You want to know whether the, you, the, what the company's offering is appropriate. We made it easy. SeverancePayCalculator.com. Again, SeverancePayCalculator.com. You input your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and you find out exactly how much you're owed free easy to use, completely anonymous. Make it the very first place you go to, severancepaycalculator.com. We are done for the evening. We are back here Wednesday evening again at 7 o'clock. Looking forward to your calls at that time and, of course, the weekend shows as well. A whole lot of employment hour here on Talk Radio AM 640. Till next time, the number 1-855-821-5900. We'll put you in touch with Lior. Done for now on AM 640.